Welcome to Clarity Fund Podcast. This is episode one, and I'm Dr. Owen Anderson. I'm the research director at Clarity Fund, and I'm joined by Greg Goodrich. Hi, Greg. Hi. Glad you could be here. Very glad to be here. You're one of our research fellows. I am. And since this is episode one, I thought we should talk about what are we? What do we do at Clarity Fund? Good. And what is our podcast for? So our title besides our name, our, our name, Clarity Fund, and then the title is for the study of reason, moral law, and culture. And so our themes will be connected up to those topics, right? Mm-hmm. What is reason? What is a moral law? How can we know the moral law and its applications in life, and especially the applications in culture? As we think about cultural conflicts that come up, disagreements that come up. So I want to come back to those topics, but um, I'm looking at our uh, title. Our name, Clarity mm-hmm. Fund. Yeah. What, what comes to mind when you think about clarity? Uh, well, as a philosopher, it would be... Um, we should, let our, we should set, warn everyone yeah. that we're both philosophers. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the blinds. <laughs> uh, yeah. Be, uh, so it, it uh, would be an alternative to skepticism, which would say we can't know anything. This is not only, in fact, saying we can know something, but um, it... it is very easy to know what is clear. So it's going to fly in the face of that. And because of that, it, it may seem bold, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let me so that's what that. the name is, is bringing into my mind. Yeah. Let me ask about that. Cause you said, use the word easy. Um, clarity. I mean, the idea of something being clear, maybe at first we first think about that in terms of sight, mm-hmm. like a clear line of sight. There's no obstructions between you and whatever you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So you say it's clear to me. Yeah. Um, but I think, we're using that as an analogy to the, the mind. Mm-hmm. Something's clear to our mind. We, mm-hmm. can, we can grasp it with our mind. So you brought up skepticism, and the form of skepticism that we're talking about says we can't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, not simply that we should doubt things. I think you and I would agree we should doubt things. Absolutely. But yeah, it's that we can't that know way. anything. Right. So clarity, in that sense, clear to the mind. Some things are clear to the mind. We can know them. Um, easy, when you say that easily knowable though, easy could be taken in a subjective sense, right? So, yeah. so people, people might say something's easy. A professional athlete might say something's very easy for them, which is incredibly difficult mm-hmm. for the rest of us because they've practiced for years. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I use the word readily knowable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if I, if I am seeking, I could know it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I may be lying to myself about how much I'm actually seeking. Right. Yeah. So it could, so it could be, it could be objectively clear. Mm-hmm. but not subjectively clear. Absolutely. Right. Um, so we're talking here, I think what we're doing here is saying there are some things that are objectively clear. Mm-hmm. We can know them. And then the idea of clarity fund, fund, you know, referring to the fact that we're, we're a kind of a think tank, um, a, a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And our, our goal, our mission has to do with education. Mm-hmm. We do events and uh, conferences connected to uh, these topics we've mentioned for teachers, instructors, pastors, high school students. And so people can look on our webpage and find um, advertisements for upcoming events. And we also have a webpage with a lot of resources that we work on. So Clarity Fund, that's our title. Um, what we do, and I want to I flesh that out some more with the idea that we have a goal. In our, our webpage, we state it this way. Our goal, our chief end, is to glorify God in all that by which he makes himself known in all his works of creation and providence. So here we've switched from, we're talking about clarity, now we're making a very specific claim. Mm-hmm. 
about what our goal is and about God. Yeah. What, what do you hear when, when we go over that? Uh, well, it's clear that God exists. Uh, well, okay, yeah. Jumps out, right? Uh, in, in all the history of uh, thought, um, especially where we are today, whether it be from the perspective of uh, the sciences or uh, within the academy with postmodernism, excuse me, um, to say that it's clear that God exists. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Um, and, and it is. So how, how do we flesh that out? Um, in, uh, in class at times, I'll, I'll begin my class, um, especially 101, with uh, asking this question. If, if it's clear that God exists, then it seems I would know it. But I don't know it. Yeah. So it doesn't seem obvious that it's clear that God exists. So there seems to be something missing there in that first premise. If it's clear that God exists and I don't know it, it, it may be calling into question something that I wouldn't really want to think about, which is calling into question my integrity. Yeah, so right there, very quickly, you get to this question about ourselves yeah. in relationship to God. And good, good. let's come back to the idea of integrity as well, but um, we get right into this claim, it's clear that God exists. Now, that's an odd claim in the sense that the word God means a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so someone, when someone says, I don't believe in God, we have to ask, well, in what God, right? What are you, right. What are you saying you don't exist? doesn't yeah. exist. Like, I don't believe in Zeus. Mm-hmm. And so... Someone could hear that that way, right? They could hear it. It's very. It's clear that God exists. It's clear that Zeus exists. Yeah. So we're talking especially about the eternal power and the divine nature of God, which yeah. is known from the creation. That's another way to paraphrase what I just said a moment ago about knowing God through his works. Mm-hmm. So the eternal power of God gets to the essence of God, right? The essence of God is that God alone is eternal, has existed from eternity without beginning. Right. And yeah. so when, when it's said that way, the eternal power and divine nature of God from the things that are made, you have this set up already. There are things that are made, and there's things that are eternal. Mm-hmm. God alone is eternal. Everything else is created. And so the very fact of creation, that it is the creation, it had a beginning, is a witness to the fact that there's something else. There's the creator also. Right, right. And that's a good example of something being clear. Yeah. Eternal, without beginning, and created with beginning. And no one confuses those. And what I mean is someone, someone might call the creation God, mm-hmm. so they're confusing what is eternal, but no one confuses without beginning and created. Right? Those are clearly distinct concepts. Right, yeah. Um, and so part of what we're doing is saying those are clear, and we ought to know that only God is eternal. Right, yeah. So it brings an ought into it. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, my, where my mind is going now is uh, for those persons that might say, well, I believe in God. Um, the, the question here is if, if we don't know this, if we can't, uh, articulate or distinguish this, um, difference between the creation and the creator, um, to what extent is that influencing or affecting our ability to enjoy God? Yeah. Um, good. Which is moving to the, the next point here that we would glorify God. And, uh, we're finding, uh, a certain level of enjoyment in, in knowing God. Yeah, it's a good concept to bring up that there's the need to, that's why we use that phrase, our goal or our chief end. Mm-hmm. A similar term is the good. Yeah. What is good? And uh, whatever is good, what we think is good is what brings us happiness. Mm-hmm. So if we have a mistaken view of the good, then we'll only be temporarily happy. Yeah. Whereas if we have what is actually good, then we'll have that joy you're speaking about. So 
that, that's part of what we're working on is how do we enjoy God? A lot of people say, I want to glorify God with my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, among the people who say that, many of them have different conceptions of what God is. Yeah. So it's not simply enough to say, I want to glorify God. It's almost, among those who believe in God, that's almost taken for granted, mm-hmm. right? They want to glorify God. Mm-hmm. But what we're adding in specifically is who God is mm-hmm. and that God is known from his creation and that that's our highest good. So that's where we find our joy. Yeah. Is in knowing God as opposed to the other things that have been offered up as sources of happiness or meaning. Yeah. Um, and, and, and interestingly, apart from, it's, it's distinct from saying we, we enjoy God directly somehow. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're saying we, we know God through his works of creation and providence mm-hmm. as opposed to somehow getting that to that directly. And one example of that is Plato, who spoke that way in his allegory of the cave. And I thought about that here because we're, we're sort of in a cave situation and behind us are the blinds of reality. Reality is mm-hmm. behind that. And he gave this allegory of a person in a cave who only saw shadows. And once he was freed from the cave and went out into the sunlight, he was able to perceive reality directly for the first time. Mm-hmm. And if he was to go back in and see the shadows again, he would think of them as pale comparisons. Right. But the people inside who had never gone out would think that he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so this has been taken by those who believe in God to say that's kind of what it's like to see God directly. Yeah. So we're suggesting that the knowledge of God is mediate mm-hmm. or inferential, known from what God does. And really that's true for, for any of us, right? The way you get to know someone is by knowing what they do. Yeah, right, right. You might even say, well, what if I tried to deceive you? Well, then I would tells eventually, you hopefully, find out and then I'd know you're a deceiver. Yeah, so tells you something. It's really unavoidable, yeah, necessary. Yeah, so the, so you could have that. You could have those who say there is no God, those who say there is a God, and will somehow get to God directly. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, in, they're they're avoiding the works of God. Interestingly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so so by directly, uh, what do you mean by that? Are you, are you referring to the afterlife? Sometimes it's thought that way, or a mystical experience in this life. You s- somehow have direct access through um, a religious experience, but usually, yeah, it's in the afterlife when you've when you've departed from this body. Okay. So it brings yeah. with it many times. Um, Greek dualism in its background that the body is inferior to the spirit. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the creation of the material world is very good. Good, good, yeah. So as these ideas come about in history uh, to relate here to what we're doing with Clarity Fund, we're uh, trying to give an answer to those ideas. Is that is that yeah. part of the work that we're doing? Mm-hmm. Seems we're, so, yeah. We're uh, addressing challenges that have come up, and in some cases, they remain unaddressed. Uh, yeah. Right. So we're giving responses to those, building on what's come before. So in that sense, we wouldn't say that we are new. We're building on uh, historic Christianity mm-hmm. and giving answers to challenges that have come up in the past few centuries, and especially challenges to the knowledge of God mm-hmm. and how we come to know God. And many times those challenges have been... been uh, to not just the knowledge of God, say by saying God doesn't exist, but to knowledge itself, by saying knowledge is not possible. So even if God did exist, we can't know God. Mm-hmm. Or even a step further, to reason itself, and saying, yeah. "Oh, that's merely human reasoning." Yeah, and that only gets you so far. Yeah. So how does this fit within the context of historic Christianity? Um, if we're to rely on faith, is uh, yeah, that's a good what's question. What's the connection between well, clarity? And faith, would that be a, an objection or a, an initial 
something that would be puzzling for someone. I think so. And why don't you tell us that? What is faith? Um, well, Scripture uh, explicitly tells us that faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. And if we look at what um, evidence and substance, uh, what do those terms convey? It seems to be something of uh, a substance you can hold in, in your hand, not necessarily referring to the senses, but you can get to the hypostasis or the um, essential substance that's underlying all the qualities. So if I know Owen, I uh, see all the qualities uh, that he might express, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Behind that is the, the substance of Owen that is uh, exhibited in these qualities. I can't know that substance directly, um, but through faith, I'm, I'm uh, coming to the substance of, of things that are not seen. Yeah. Um, right, so that's um, getting to the uh, past appearances, mm-hmm. to the reality of things. Mm-hmm. But especially there in the verse you, you remind us of, in Hebrews, the contrast is with sight. Mm-hmm. Faith versus sight but not faith versus reason. The verse in, indeed seems to say they're using reason yeah. to understand these things. So faith and understanding are related. Yeah, and, and later in that passage it'll say, by faith we understand right. that uh, the, the cosmos or the, the universe, what is seen, has been made from what is unseen. So there's a right. direct connection between faith and understanding there. Yeah, and, and uh, it's said of Abraham, who's the father of the faithful, yeah. the pinnacle of faith, that he reasoned that God could raise Isaac from the dead. Good. So yeah. his act of faith about Isaac was also an act of reason, but it wasn't something he's seen visibly. Mm-hmm. And there's a time when Jesus uh, reprimands the apostles and says, oh, you of little faith, do mm-hmm. you still not understand? Mm-hmm. So those two go together as if they're the same thing. Yeah. So faith and understanding go together. As our understanding grows, our faith grows. And a trial of faith is a trial or a test of our understanding. Mm-hmm. And you'll see people go through that. They'll, they'll be in a difficult part of life, and they'll say, I'm going through a trial. I just don't understand. Why would God let this happen? Mm-hmm. So that's very common. And so we want to dispel this myth, largely propagated by um, usually materialists, contemporary materialists who are emphasizing empirical science, Yeah, uh, dispel the myth that is reason versus faith. Mm-hmm. And what they usually mean, it's sight versus faith. And even then, when you look at the theories they're proposing, they're not empirical theories at all they're just philosophical materialism yeah which is not itself empirical yeah so faith and reason are not intention but that's one of the challenges so we got here by talking about challenges that come up someone could say i don't believe in god or in in response to saying knowing god they could say well i don't even think there is a god Mm -hmm. or i don't think we can know anything or reason itself doesn't get us anywhere doesn't get us to reality Mm And so you're, you're emphasizing that, that truth, which is that reason gets us to the substance or the reality of things, yeah. or faith does. And reason, we, we understand by reason. Yeah. So we, we wouldn't uh, know the substance directly. And right. that has come up in the history of philosophy, where um, you know, Hume and Kant are trying to understand what it, how can we know reality, and perhaps we can't know reality, and yeah. maybe reason itself can't really apply to being i can't i can't know being at all yeah and what we're saying in contrast is well we ha- we have the qualities that are exhibited by god through his creation and it's through that understanding that creation that we can infer his character yeah is that right? we know god through, his, through yeah. his works so let's talk a little bit about the idea of clear we, we've gone into our highest good is to know god let's back up to saying all right clarity some things are clear just starting there mm-hmm. and um what does it mean for them to be clear? And specifically that basic things mm-hmm. are clear. That's what we're, we're asserting. Not that everything is clear. Right. 
But there are some basic things that are clear. So each of those terms uh, is worth looking at. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for something to be basic? How do we get to basic things? And do we even want to? <laughs> uh, so are we granting that something is clear? No, that's what I'm getting. I'm, I'm wondering, let's, okay. let's work on that. Kind of yeah. tease that out together to see. Someone could say, nothing is clear at all. Basic yeah. things or complex things. Obviously, basic things is in contrast to complex things. Sure. And the yeah. idea being that if basic things aren't clear, then complex things are clear. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know anyone who actually doubts that. I mean, there's always the sophomore who wants to argue about everything. Right. But in the academy, you start in kindergarten and you mm-hmm. work your way up to a doctorate. Yeah. No one starts with their doctorate and works up to kindergarten. Sure. So you start with basic things and you build up. That's true in engineering. It's true in sports. It's true in any field. Music. Right. Yeah. So... We're saying the basic things are clear. And if someone was to say nothing is clear, they're including basic things in that. Right. And that's what we're objecting. So what I just worked through is called a reductio argument. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll find ourselves using those a lot, which is that we, we uh, posit a view, nothing's clear. Mm-hmm. We show how it leads to a contradiction. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the view can't be true. So it, it's going to assume then that we have... Uh, something structured into the mind or into thought itself that would say contradictions are bad? Yeah. I mean, okay. I think we'll have a whole discussion about reason. But here, by reason, we mean the laws of thought, mm-hmm. which, in, which includes the law of non-contradiction. Yeah. So if two things contradict each other, they can't both be true and they can't both be false. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so as we're, uh, we're forming concepts about the world, it seems even in that we're, uh, we're saying what a thing is at the same time, we're saying what a thing is not. And so as they form uh, through that, we form propositions, um, which are bringing those concepts together. Now here is, is a matter of truth. It, it, you're going to have two statements that are going to pose one another here. Uh, nothing's clear and something's clear. Yeah. And then if something's clear, basic things must be clear. Yeah. Okay. And getting to those has been the goal of, philosophers right what are these mm-hmm. basic things i mean sometimes when we use that term for those who are in the field of philosophy they might think oh that sounds like uh modern foundationalism mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. uh getting to foundational truths there's some similarity and some dissimilarity mm-hmm. because getting to basic things transcends modern philosophy uh, it goes all the way back to the beginning of philosophy mm-hmm. the idea that we want to get first truths, first principles in place. Yeah. So that's certainly not just modern foundationalism. And to object to that, I'm not sure what an objection to that would look like, mm-hmm. except for to say maybe something like this, everything is equally basic. There's no... Because when we say basic, we're talking about a logical order. Mm-hmm. Just like a building has a physical order, the mm-hmm. ground floor and then the second floor and then the third floor. So beliefs have a logical order. Right. And so for someone to deny that, they would have to say, no, they're, they're just... I guess a random belief floating around and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure how, how they would be able to con- continue very far past that before they just get into absurdity. So, so is an implication here that we're already believing something about basic things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, already I believing agree. And, and we already have a thought structure in place. Mm-hmm. So we're going, we're getting into um, some of the technicalities of saying there are basic things. And maybe if I give an example, I gave an example a moment ago about God and creation. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me go back to that. Basic things have to do with, uh, the very first thing is what is, what exists. Mm-hmm. So think about that with me. Could you go on to have arguments about the color of something if you don't know if it is? 
or the shape of something. No, no. Or any qualities of something. It's like, so any qualities of something presuppose it exists, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt. No, go ahead. Um, so going back to, as you were mentioning, uh, we have a lot of materialists around this these days, right? So uh, if we're thinking about the materialist here that is doing science or that is often um, trying to make judgments about um, less basic things on the basis of what they believe about science and what it's showing, you're saying here uh, that there are philosophical assumptions, that is basic things that they've already uh, believed something about, and now that is the presupposition they're going to take into science, yeah. into doing science. Yeah, that's a good term, presupposition, because that's part of what we do as well, is we, we want to look at presuppositions or assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we use that word presupposition on purpose because uh, supposition is a belief. Mm-hmm. So a presupposition are the beliefs that are, must be true for the belief in question to be true. Yeah. So we can use assumption also, but uh, that's what presuppositional means. It's, it's, it's simply a logical term. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like foundationalism could bring in a lot of connotations, so too could presuppositional. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no doubt that beliefs are ordered that way, presuppositional. And we want to get back to those basic ones, which are clear, and especially the basic beliefs, uh, basic things about God and man, mm-hmm. the creation, mm-hmm. good and evil, are clear to reason. So that statement is what we're building on and defending, and we can look at each part of that and see, well, what if I denied this part, or this part, or this part, right? What if I said, no, nothing's, there are things that are clear, but not to reason, right? So someone who maybe is doing a religious ex- mystical experience might say that, right? I had this experience, and it's very clear to me. Yeah, right. And that's not from reason. Yeah. Or someone could say, uh, uh, God and man aren't clear to me, but the uh, laws of nature around me are clear to me. Mm-hmm. Or someone could say, nothing's clear, right? That's another one. So you can look at each, how would each of those be denied, and why are they each important as we build uh, forward to thinking about Christianity? Mm-hmm. So that's part of what we do, uh, and part of our, our uh, goal is to say, yeah, there are some, some things that are clear, especially with the eternal power and divine nature of God. Mm-hmm. And they're clear to reason, and humans ought to be ought to know those. And so, in our in our uh, description, it says the moral law. Morality comes in because what if you ought to know them and you don't know them? Mm-hmm. Right. Good. You should have known these things, and you didn't at the time when you should have known these. You you weren't knowing them. Yeah. You weren't ready. So so it could be that God exists, and I don't know it. What is that saying about me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, how is that different than self-evident? Because it's been claimed in, the, in, in history, um, yeah. America's founding. We have uh, a lot hanging on that, it seems. Yeah. That it's self-evident that God created. Yeah. Um, so are we saying it's self-evident? Or yeah, we're saying question. it's clear? That is that's a different. good question. Because people will say, look, you guys say reason is self-evident. Other people say other things are self-evident. And mm-hmm. so it turns out that what someone thinks is self-evident is more of a psychological statement about themselves than it is about reality. Yeah. And what appears to be self-evident for you may not be for others. So the, the term self-evident or self-attesting is just slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, we apply that to the laws of thought. I mentioned the law of non-contradiction. Right, yeah. And we apply it this way, which is that if you were uh, to deny it, you'd be using it. So it's self-evident in the sense that it proves itself. That's mm-hmm. what I might say, self-attesting. Mm-hmm. Nothing else does that. It's a very, very unique property that the laws of thought have. That they, they uh, prove themselves because if you were to 
uh, argue for or against them, you'd be using them. Yeah, so in questioning them, I've already affirmed them in myself yeah. in order to try to question them. Yeah. So it would be uh, sort of a, a self-referentially absurd activity, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah they're, they're uh, unavoidable. Yeah. You can't escape them. In fact, sometimes it's the case, the more you uh, try to escape them, the closer they get. So this isn't a Western way of thinking? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think this is human. We've talked about some Western philosophers, but we could do the same thing in uh, Eastern philosophy and look at the attempt to understand yeah. the world and the structure of the world and what it is. Mm -hmm. Humans try to understand. Yeah. And when we can't understand, it bothers us. And I think that's going to be a topic of uh, future podcasts is uh, how we came to wanting to understand and how we responded to meaninglessness. Yeah. But for our purposes, we're thinking today about Clarity Fund and... This claim, some things are clear, and let me summarize it with, with the reductio argument. If nothing is clear, this would include anything we say or do, mm -hmm. and including the claim nothing's clear. So we get into one of those self-referential absurdities, that a self-contradiction. Mm -hmm. And someone could go so far as to say, well, I don't mind contradicting myself. I don't hold to the law of non-contradiction. And the question at that point is, well, why should we talk or engage with someone who doesn't think their own beliefs are true or false or doesn't yeah. mind contradicting themselves. Yeah. So that's what we call nihilism. Mm -hmm. You mentioned skepticism earlier. Yeah. And the kind of skepticism we're talking about leads to nihilism, the loss of all meaning, because you've said nothing is clear at all, including that nothing is clear. And so nothing I say or do or think matters. Yeah, yeah. So not just skepticism as critical thinking, but skepticism, which would say all knowledge uh, is impossible. We can't, right. we can't know that is going to lead to nihilism, which is the loss of all meaning. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, the beginning point for us at Clarity Fund. We, we're pursuing meaning. We're pursuing uh, our highest good in knowing God, mm -hmm. glorifying God in all that by which he's made himself known in all the works of creation and providence. So thank you for your discussion today. Sure. Glad to be here.